Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Breda. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're listening to us, it's because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. So kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. And you know, thanks to the um, restrictions kind of limiting in Florida a little bit, we might be able to go back to weekly sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yep. We had, a, we had a pretty interesting day today. We hung out. We played some Smash Bros. We just recorded our session for the Great Movie Radio Show, which will be on their show sometime soon. So make sure you follow them on other social medias mm-hmm. and listen to the podcast and listen out for us, which I'm sure we'll promote when that time comes. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun doing that. Um, dude, we got a lot of movie shit to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, with quarantine, like you said, lifting or uh, getting a little bit um, less strict and mm-hmm. people are able to go out again. Which has me excited because we'll be able to go to weekly, which means there's going to be more stories to talk about. Because exactly. the movie industry is just going to start to get rolling again. We can only um, But of the few things that are happening in Hollywood right now, Dalton, um, there is one that we are both very excited about. And it sounds like a lot of other people are excited about. So I just wanted to get your opinion, first and foremost, about Taika Waititi, a beloved director uh, right now. That is going yes. to take on a Star Wars film. Um, he mo- his most recent movie was Jojo, which he won Best Adapted Screenplay. So yes, very yes. exciting. Well, uh, if you want my opinion, um, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. that's my opinion. I think this is an amazing move by Lucasfilm. It hasn't been confirmed that he's doing the Kevin Feige produced one. Okay, but if I had to guess, I'm thinking maybe that's who Feige chose. I mean, that's pure speculation. I don't know mm-hmm. that at all. I'm just assuming. But maybe not. Maybe it's just, you know, it's his own thing. Yeah. Um, but he did a great job on the episodes of The Mandalorian that he directed. It might have just been the one finale episode. Which is funny because that's my favorite episode. Yes. And it was such a good episode. He's mm-hmm. such a fantastic filmmaker. I've loved him ever since the What We Do in the Shadows movie. Mm-hmm. And I am really, really excited to see what he can do in the world of Star Wars in that galaxy far, far away. And I'm just excited where the movies are going to go from here, because I know they're taking a break from episodic ones for now. Yeah. Uh, I, I take it you're excited, but you know, mm-hmm. do you have any specific thoughts on Taika Waititi doing Star Wars? Uh, yeah, no, like you, I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm very curious to see if like the success of The Mandalorian, like his episode specifically, because mm-hmm. he has a very unique style and a unique uh, flavor on his movies. Yeah. And I'm curious to know if, because a lot of people liked his episode, if they were like, you have a Star Wars film because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to make an IP like Star Wars so much like yours because it still has to feel like a Star Wars IP. Mm-hmm. And his episode felt like a Star Wars IP, but also had his flavor, flavor on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious to know if that's why it broke. Like, oh, yep, that episode is awesome. Here you go. Do your own film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, cur- I'm curious to know. Because they're done with the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to know if they're going to bring on like a new saga or if it's just going to be like one movie here, another movie here. Like not necessarily a trilogy or a yeah. sequel series. I, I'm curious about that too. Because I'm, I'm sure hopefully they'll be announcing, you know, the direction that these new movies are going to yeah. be going in. And uh, hopefully they have a plan. I mean, could it but, be uh, like an MCU thing where like... Maybe. They have all these different storylines and then they just kind of come together and then Maybe. come apart. Like, That'd be cool. That, that would be fascinating. Get yeah. like a MCU Star Wars kind of uh, saga going. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited to see how this is going to turn out. Yeah, no, same, same. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Take it away, man. I like that you're like, yeah, the dude, stories. Yeah, of course. Uh, I never played this video game, but did you ever play Borderlands by chance? 
no, I was never huge on Borderlands, but I did play at a friend's house okay. who used to play all the time, mm-hmm. and um, we we loved or he loved Borderlands, and I would mm-hmm. just kind of hop on and I. I remember seeing all the advertisements. I was a big fan of the marketing of Borderlands. I yeah. thought that the marketing was very interesting. But no, I never was like a huge personal fan of the games, but I did play some briefly. Okay, and one of the fan base absolutely loves those games. Yeah, naturally. Um, but Kate Blanchett, an actress we absolutely love, is going to be... Yes, we love uh, I don't know the main character, but she's going to play Lilith in Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that character, unfortunately, does not mean anything to me. Yeah. I, I don't know mm-hmm. the relevance of that, whether she's the main character or one Same. of the supporting... I, yeah. I'm um, not sure, but I think she's a phenomenal actress. And yep. I'm curious to see how they're going to do this, because uh, I didn't read too much into it, but are they going to, do you know if they're going to keep it animated or if they're going to turn it into more live action with that style? Because it has a very, like, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, like that yeah. comic book style, mm-hmm. like that rough cartoony feel. I don't know how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I think Eli Roth is attached to direct. I'm not really? sure, though. Okay. Yeah, I think. And, um... Basically, the thing that fascinates me about this is Kate Blanchett even doing a movie like this. So, yeah. we're gonna, it's going to be interesting because she doesn't strike me as an actress that just that just takes paycheck movies. Mm-hmm. Like she usually likes whatever role she's playing. Yeah, of course. So, which makes me curious is like, do they actually have like an interesting script for Borderlands that Kate Blanchett was like, oh wow, I need to hop on this. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious to see the progression of this uh, in pre-production to see like if Eli Roth is really going to direct it. Mm-hmm. or someone else's or what other talent they get on because i mean she may be the big name for people to go out and see it and then just cast a bunch of unknowns maybe and like i said i'm not sure if it's going to be animated so it could just be voices so maybe it's just going to be an easy work for her or like how they're going to do it so uh i guess we'll have to wait and see you know mm-hmm. uh any final thoughts on that or is that pretty much it for you no, no that's okay. it for me uh, so moving on, we have Ooh, a, a big story that very, you are very, very excited, excited about. about. Yes, I'm really uh, happy about this. Well, go and take it away. According to many, many credible sources and to the man himself, when Scream 5 starts shooting, which first of all, Scream 5, yay, uh, David Arquette is officially signed on to return, and he's the first original cast member to do so. Mm-hmm. Nev Campbell is in talks to return, but they haven't finalized the deal with her yet. But David Arquette is fully signed on, and I love Deputy Dewey from the Scream movies. I love that franchise, even the horrible third one. I still count it like it's like it's the franchise. Let's yeah. watch them all. And they they just they have a special place in my heart. I, I I'm saying the same thing, but I love those films, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm happy that he is going to be coming back and doing this project. And he seems genuinely excited about it, and both. Him and Nev Campbell have briefly commented on, from what they understand, this story really honors Wes Craven in a way that, you know, they didn't think that would be possible. Mm-hmm. And it, and also, it's going to be directed by the Ready or Not directors, which is oh really so, okay yeah, okay, which makes me so excited. So yeah, I am stoked about Scream Five, and I'm really stoked about David Arquette being in it. Are you a Scream fan? Did you happen to? So know I've about only this? seen the first one. Okay. Uh, so this news is cool because it's always fun whenever original cast members come back for sequels, especially if they're years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've only seen the first one, so this kind of took me by surprise because I believe he dies in the first one or gets hospitalized. He gets hospitalized. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just I don't know his role in the franchise. Obviously, he's it's big. He, like he's a big is character. It? Okay. Yeah. Because um, in the first one, he's just the brother mm-hmm. and a cop as well. And yeah. I don't think he has a significant role in it. Not really. Um, but later on, he becomes very big. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, definitely before this movie comes out, I will have to sit down and watch the whole franchise. Because um, I'm curious to see, like, his journey throughout those movies and why this is such big news, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And I know this next story you're particularly really excited about. 
cautiously excited. Cautiously excited. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, it actually broke today, the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadline reported that the uh, uh, former Doctor Strange director left that project co- to go direct the new Labyrinth movie. That's not why he left, but uh, he is in talks to direct a Labyrinth sequel, and I'm cautiously excited because I recently watched that movie for the first time mm-hmm. in the past uh, two, three months, and I genuinely loved that movie. I thought that movie was a lot of fun, had a lot of heart. You could tell everyone behind the camera and in front of the camera had a lot of fun in it or making it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it's a big cult classic movie. How are they going to handle the sequel? Because it doesn't leave off like yeah, it's and, and, we, and we have like no details about anything other than Scott Derrickson's attached to it. Yeah. Oh, and we have a writer as well. Let me oh, put yes, her name yes, in there. Yes. Yes. Um, because you said Maggie Levin. Yeah, you said she did, she's only done like short films and TV before this. Yeah. So I looked briefly into her uh, IMDb history on what she's done because I was curious. Obviously, Scott Derrickson. He started with Sinister and mm-hmm. uh, made a name for himself with Doctor Strange as well. So I kind of knew a little bit about him, but the girl, I didn't know her, the writer, and I looked at some of her stuff in only short films in an episode uh, for TV shows here and there, but I'm cautious about that, and I say that because she doesn't have, like Taika doing a Star Wars film, I trust that because he's done What We Do in the Shadows, I've seen Mm. Jojo, I've Mm -hmm. seen uh, his Thor movie, all of those are hits for me. So I trust him to do a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I trust her to do a Labyrinth sequel because one of two things could happen. She's either a really big fan of it and can do justice by it. And she's like, you know what? I can really do this. If she can do it, great. Good for her. But the cautious side of me is because she doesn't have these reputable works that I've seen personally... So I can't get a feel for her style, her writing style, and what she could bring to the table. Uh, Obviously, Jim Henson had his whole puppet universe that he was just able to have fun with, and every movie that he's done has all become cult classics. So I'm very curious to see, like, how they're going to do this, if they're going to bring Jim Henson's son on, who I think the last thing he did was the rated R uh, Muppets movie. What was it called? Happy Time Murders, which I was a fan of. Um, but I know a lot of people weren't, so I'm curious to know if they're going to bring his son on to, like, help. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I just think it would work better as a, like, a spinoff series, kind of like what they do with Dark Crystal. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, personally, that love that show yeah. and think that that show does justice by its original source material yeah. that Jim Henson did. Uh, so, I'm cautiously excited to see what could happen. And I was actually with uh, my girlfriend, Skylar, who... That is her favorite movie of all time, and she was highly upset with that news, um, just because she doesn't want it ruined. Naturally, it's a it's 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 a big thing to announce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I I have no like dying genuine love for Labyrinth. I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of a it's it's a per- perfectly serviceable movie. You know, with the legendary David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I understand a lot of people's, you know, saw it as a kid and it really stuck with them Mm -hmm. and it's like their favorite movie. Like there's several examples of that across all types of movies. So I can see the genuine concern about like, Ooh, they're making a sequel to something I really love, but you know, to to ease anyone who's worried about that, I would just say, if you're pissed off with the sequel, 
Just go watch the original. <laughs> it, just it, erase uh, it from your it mind. It didn't disappear, so it's still yeah. there. You'll be you'll be fine. But like I, but at the same time, I get it. And yeah. I, and but um, you know, they're bringing on someone like Scott Derrickson, who I think is a very talented filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And clearly, if they're giving this project to this writer, that means she's clearly impressed the studio with whatever story she's come up with. Exactly. So yeah. I'm more optimistic than you are about it, mm-hmm. but I still understand the caution behind it. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm cautiously excited. I. I I mean, it makes sense. She'd have to have some sort of good story to show the studio and then them be sold in like, yep, all right, you're in. And Scott Derrickson, like I said, I fully trust that because I've seen some of his movies and like, okay, that's his directing style, his what he does with movies, fine, no problem. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, her, I haven't seen any of her work, so that's what makes me cautious. But I'm just naturally excited because I think that'd be fun. But my question is, who's going to be the Goblin King? Because, you yeah. know, unfortunately, David Bowie did pass away a few years ago, which is mm-hmm. very unfortunate. Um, but they'd have to get someone who's just as campy, I feel like. Because that's what makes that movie so much fun and has yeah. a lot of heart. Because it's so campy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, everyone on screen's having fun with it. Like, is Jennifer Connelly going to come back? Like, we literally know zero things other than writer-director. Mm-hmm. And... You know, whoever they do get to play the Goblin King, obviously they have to give them a monster schlong so that it's <laughs> just because he has that like j- bulge j- in it, j- that just uncom- so that it's canonically accurate. Yeah. You know, continuity. You gotta keep up with it. You know, uh, Jesus, so, yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, I'm cautiously excited. I, I think I would be more on board when the plot comes out. Mm-hmm. When that comes out, and we kind of get a feel for the style in the movie that they want to go for then that I can 100% be more bo- more on board with than just, hey, sequel, yay. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But yeah. So let's move on to the, uh, the, 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 the big boy story. The big boy. Thank you. Thank you. In November of 2017, Tragic. a movie was released called Justice League. And it was... Part of the DC Extended Universe. Thank you. This film was the product of two filmmakers. Partially Zack Snyder and partially Joss Whedon, who the studio brought in to do a bunch of reshoots because Zack Snyder had to step away due to a very personal family tragedy. And I might make a whole video about this. I was discussing with Ryan earlier. Mm -hmm. But the movie that was released, the studio kind of took advantage of a new director being in and kind of had them reshoot a lot more than what they previously anticipated. And the end result was this mixed, weird, muddled movie that you could tell had two different visions going at it, and it just... It didn't age very well. And as time went on, people were kind of like, you know, I I don't think that Zack Snyder got to finish his vision. Hell, the day after the film was released, one person did tweet, release the Snyder Cut, which was a famous hashtag that went on for several years. And then two years on the day of the anniversary... They got trending worldwide again. Even Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, Ray Fisher, all these other people saying, release this hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. And that got the attention of the new Warner Brothers CEO because it's no longer Kevin Sujihara who was CEO at the time of Justice League coming out. Mm-hmm. They had a little meeting with Mr. Snyder. Mr. Snyder, in February of this year, screened what he had of his version because it wasn't fully complete. There was still some post-production that needed to be done. Screened it for the new CEO, for Walter Hamada, the new head of DC. And a couple other people for AT&T as well, because they own Warner Brothers. And then he did a watch party for Man of Steel during quarantine. At the very end of it, he announced the Snyder Cut 
is coming to HBO Max in 2021. And that they're going to give him $30 million to finish that bitch, which is what really surprised me. Because on, like, we've talked about it on the show previously. Mm-hmm. We always thought, hey, what's the harm in just dropping whatever they have and putting, like, a disclaimer in front? Like, hey, it's not done, but here's what you guys wanted to see, and then releasing it. It cost him nothing because the movie was already done, or at least yeah. what he had. Yeah. But what's fascinating is their, their HBO Max is looking at this as a... $30 million marketing spend for their streaming service. Because mm-hmm. you know around the time this comes out, you're going to see if I can uptick in subscriptions. And if they're smart around the time of the release of this, they'll also get it so that you have to like commit to 12 months, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't be surprised. But like, th- this is a, I think it's a smart move. And I'm surprised, mm-hmm. I'm happily surprised that they're going to finish it. But dude, I freaked out. Have you seen my reaction video, some of you, um, of me freaking out to the Snyder Cut news? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so excited about it. It's something I've always wanted to see. And I don't even know if this is going to be even remotely good or bad or whatever. I'm just happy just as a storyteller, as someone who also makes films, albeit on a amateur level. Instead of $30 million, $30, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Negative 30 after the credit card spends. I'm just glad to see that someone who had a distinct vision when they started gets Mm -hmm. to complete complete it and see it through to the end. Yeah. That's what's just really nice and satisfying to see. And on this level, it's kind of unprecedented. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had director's cuts of movies be released and have them be very different, but not to the level of this really happening, and especially the specific circumstances yeah. of his exit and everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked for this thing. I hope it's great. I think it's going to be great. Maybe it won't, but I think it will. They don't know if they're going to do it as like a four-hour movie or mm-hmm. like six-episode miniseries. However they're going to decide to do it, we'll find out more as time goes on. But what are your thoughts on the infamous Snyder Cut coming true and being released and are you happy about this? The fandom wins, man. The fandom wins. Yes. Um, I'm naturally very excited for it. Uh, I I was a believer that the Snyder Cut was a thing the whole time because I know that like after Justice League came out and the hype for the Snyder Cut kind of went down a little bit and then it resurrected, people were like it split down the middle. Like, half the people were like, eh, it's not a real thing. Let him be. Like, let him live his life. Move on. Blah, blah, blah. And then the other half are like, no. Like, this is a real thing. Like, it's it. he has it somewhere. And I'm glad that I was, like, one of those believers. Like, I know he'll get around to it. Especially, mm-hmm. like, in the past year, he started releasing, like, stills. Yeah. And- just randomly. Like, a month or... And yeah. every month or every other month, he just, like, release one still without any context yeah. and be like, Batman. Yeah. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. ah, are you, are you, in, are you insinuating something, Mr. Yeah. Zack Snyder? And, and, you know, the thing that I really thought was fascinating about this, like, there were some people who thought, like, oh, it's just sitting on a shelf, fully done. And it's like, no, they would have put it on the DVD if, like, they had nothing to lose. Yeah. But, like, it was definitely, he had a version. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's really incredible just about the whole release of Snyder Cut movement is they've raised like hundreds and thousands of dollars for charity and like suicide prevention. Yeah. Like just the amazing work that they've done. And not only that, but like paying for planes that say release to Snyder Cut. And I remember when I was at Comic-Con, they had a plane over that said release to Snyder Cut. It was so great. And it was, it's just this hilarious thing that that worked. And, you know, but, but what I will say while I'm not the biggest fan of the Justice League movie that we got, that it has its moments that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
after the news came out, Joss Whedon started trending on Twitter for people just kind of attacking Joss Whedon. I wouldn't attack Joss Whedon. This isn't Joss Whedon's fault. He was just hired to come in and do and it. do a job. He was hired to do and a job. He, and they gave him parameters, like, can't be more than two hours. you got to do this, this, this. He even asked for more time. He was like, listen, we have to move this release date. And if the reports from, I believe, Forbes or Deadline are to be believed, Kevin Sujahara didn't want to push the release date because he wanted to make his fucking bonus, which is bullshit. But, like... You know, he came in and had to do a job, and he did it. Now, granted, it was really messed up of Kevin Sujahara and Warner Brothers to really mess him up like that mm-hmm. and to do Zack Snyder dirty, especially with this family tragedy that he went through. Yeah, because he wanted to come back and finish it, obviously, because he's doing it now. Well, he and he was cool with, like, having someone else come in oversee post-production. Yeah. But what he thought was they're going to come in and oversee editing and maybe do a scene or two of reshoots because mm-hmm. every movie does reshoots. But instead, they ended up reshooting like half of the movie. Yeah. And it's very distracting when Ben Affleck goes to daddy shape to just like yeah. from shot to shot and it's just distracting to see. And you can tell which ones are distinctly Zack's and distinctly Joss's and like, you know, my buddies. Because they have two different styles. Like Zack Snyder is very dark, very gritty. And just has a distinct Joss... look and feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Joss Whedon's very like cracking jokes like anytime yeah. batman's cracking a joke it's joss weed <laughs> yeah and you know just even like in the theaters watching it, i just remember going like that was whedon mm-hmm. that was whedon you know just and you know unfortunately the theatrical version suffered but it's really nice that fans kind of get this alternate version of the movie and i think it's a win that they don't have to spend the cost to release it theatrically and they mm-hmm. can use it as a marketing expense for hbo max what i'm most interested by is the $30 million that mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, HBO, whoever, AT&T, whoever's spending the money, they were convinced that they were like, this, this is good and deserves to be finished. Yeah. Here, how much money do you need? This is uh, worth putting money million. into. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, obviously it's $30, $30 million good mm-hmm. like yeah it, it's it's worth 30 yeah. million dollars and, and, and you can quote there's a quote in hollywood reporter not a quote but a section of it mm-hmm. where it describes the screening in february and then it just says the executives left stoked so which means what they saw they liked yeah either that either they liked it or they were or they thought we're gonna make so much money <laughs> so either way but you know yeah this wouldn't be happening if the studio didn't see this as a win mm-hmm. so that's I mean, that's a good that's good news. I mean, for three years now, fans have been demanding for mm-hmm. the Snyder cut. So and you already know that people like you already know that if whatever you're going to invest into it, mm-hmm. you're going to see a little bit of return. Yeah, just because everyone has been wanting this for three years. Yeah, and, and, and so you know you're just going to have a few have some return. You know, and just something something that I'll say is like I don't think they did this for the fans. I think that they want to make money on their streaming service. Well, yeah, of course. And but... saw this as the opportunity to do it. And what's ironic is that it worked because mm-hmm. The Hollywood Reporter, either the day before or the day after the Snyder Cut news was announced, The Hollywood Reporter did a poll asking people, what are you most excited about for HBO Max? And they HBO Max assumed Friends would win because they spent a lot of money getting those rights to Friends. Really? Okay. And Friends came third in the poll. Second was Game of Thrones, and one was the DC movies. Hmm. So it was, like, interesting. So they probably were like, all right, you know, let's 
get give the people what they want, basically. Yeah. And you know, and this kind of opens the door. I know a lot of people want to see David Ayer's Suicide Squad. I really want to see David Which, Ayer's ever Suicide since Squad. Has been announced. He's been very active yeah. and, on Twitter and AT&T about AT&T has been dictating too. But I wouldn't expect an announcement right away. Maybe even not until after Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out. Mm-hmm. That's what they're calling it. Zack Snyder's Justice. It's the Snyder cut. It's the Snyder That's cut. That's what we're calling yeah. it. Any from now on, any director's cut of any movie is considered the Snyder cut of that movie. Let's bam, bam it into because he won. Right. He won. Yes. Like usually, movies mm-hmm. come out and they have a director's cut, an mm-hmm. ultimate cut. Yeah, Watchmen. Yeah. Um, but he won. You know, he. Mm-hmm unfortunately had to deal with a family tragedy got fired from a movie that he was very passionate about uh got a deal with netflix to make a zombie movie and then now which i'm excited about yeah and now he's able to finish this movie that he is so passionate about and you know he's passionate about it because obviously he's going to be able to finish it Mm -hmm. we also have the cast coming out and being like really yes i love that he's able to finish Mm -hmm. this he was very passionate every day on set he loved this so just further is the reasoning yeah. of finishing and, this and and the actor playing cyborg he does twitch streams okay. and on one of his streams he said that he I, he's like i called chris and the writer of the movie is chris terrio so i assume even like the screenwriter is like yeah really excited and he even said um fabian or fabio whatever it's wagner the uh cinematographer okay so even like the cinematographer stoked like okay. everyone involved is yeah. really happy about this so it's just, I'm glad that there's just been a lot of positive love around. Mm-hmm. And with the personal tragedy for Zack Snyder, I'm sure it just it feels very like a complete circle of closure for him yeah. to be able to finish this project and this movie. And it restored his relationship with Warner Brothers. So we might even see him make another WB movie. You know, who knows? Man of Steel 2. Please. No. Uh, I'm convinced. You heard it first here, folks. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we are not reporting that. No. <laughs> But I, I wish yeah. that before I die, I don't care if I'm 65 and Henry Cavill is in his 80s. If they just do Man of Steel 2, I'd be so happy. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but now, now that we have sort of, you know, talked about the Snyder Cut, I wanted to take some time, and I, I just brought this up before we started recording, me wanting to do this. I wanted to just kind of reflect on the DCEU mm-hmm. and give our sort of brief thoughts about each film. Okay. And, um, you know, this it won't be too, too long on each movie, but just kind of briefly talk about each film and how, you know, and Warner Brothers and how they changed at the time and, you know, with leadership and all, all mm-hmm. of this sort of thing. And uh, so, you know, obviously, let's go ahead and start off with, uh, you know, Man of Steel. I'm going to let you give your thoughts on it first, but go ahead and give me your thoughts really, you know, briefly on yeah. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I absolutely love uh, the Man of Steel movie that came out. I know it's unfortunate, but it is very divisive. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's 50-50. Uh, people either really love it or people really hate it. And I absolutely love that film. I don't think that there's much wrong with it. Um, I think that the vision that they have for Superman in that movie is fantastic. Um, it's very realistic to what Superman would be like if there was actually a Superman and the destruction that comes behind mm-hmm. it. Um, and then moving, or I guess you, Man of Steel will bounce back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, with, um, with Man of Steel, for me, I, I think it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. I love the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the second half... I'm not one of those guys that has a problem with the destruction or killing Zod. I think all of that's fine. But I just think that I was so interested in the origin of this new Superman mm-hmm. that when the third act was as big and scope and crazy as it was, that like to me that felt like I was watching the Th- Man of Steel 3 all yeah. of a sudden where like there was n- you know balls to the wall, nothing mm-hmm. to lose. And it was so cool to see. And the action scenes were incredibly well done. Oh, yeah. 
I just liked the sort of vibe of the first half of the movie more. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they're coming off of the Dark Knight trilogy, like DC doing this movie. So there's a very Nolan-esque feel to the movie. He's even credited as part of the story and a mm-hmm. producer. And so that was kind of like, I don't know if like that was completely necessary, but something that was very much so astute was that this was a Zack Snyder movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the flying sequence is beautiful. And just the cinematography stupid. The and score. Just the score. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's score. Everything was great. And I think it's a very, very good movie. And uh, it is a shame that it's divis- as divisive as it is. And, you know, there are some people who are like, this is the best comic book movie of all time. And I don't necessarily think that. Mm-hmm. I'm even just this shy of calling it, like, a great movie. Okay. But I do think it's a very good movie. And it's one that I consistently revisit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next came Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, go ahead, take it away. And so with Batman vs. Superman, this is where I have a lot of conflicted feelings. Because I'm not a big fan of the theatrical version of that film. Mm-hmm. Because when he screened it, he screened his version, and then the Warner Brothers made him cut out half an hour, you know, for the you know for movie theater purposes, and because they were like, "Holy crap, Ben Affleck's so good! Make sure he's in this movie a whole lot more." So you really kind of cut Superman out of his own sequel because he barely had any scenes in that theatrical version, and you know, unfortunately, Warner Brothers gave Zack Snyder and the writers a whole lot to chew. Like, they pretty much were looking across the street at Disney and like, all right, we need to catch up to them in one movie. Mm-hmm. So they had everything thrown into this one film. And, you know, the parts that I think were naturally part of the story, like the actual confrontation between Batman and Superman, all of that is, is and especially because I think that the extended version, the Ultimate Edition, is much better. And I, I don't think it makes the movie suddenly, all of a sudden, just this great masterpiece movie. But it is a significant step up from the theatrical version. And there are moments that stick with me. Like, there are excellent moments in this movie. And I think the things that were originally part of the story, like the Batman versus Superman, the differences in philosophy, the older Batman who's, like, on the grips of not caring about morally who he is, and even Alfred kind of being like, dude, you got to stop this. Like, mm-hmm. all of that was fascinating. Superman really wondering if he even belongs in the world or if he owes anything to saving it. All that stuff is great. And even, like, seeing Wonder Woman was great. I don't think she belonged in this story. But, like, seeing her was awesome, and the battle sequences were great. But, like, you know, Doomsday, and some of Lex Luthor was really great in the movie. Some of the the way they used him was just to set up other things. You know, the Justice League via email, I still fucking hate. And, uh... (laughs) I can't stand it. And Batman like, at AOL.com. Yeah, and like, oh, like, LexCorp made them their logos? How convenient, you know, God. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that. And, you know, you have the Flash time sequence scene that was clearly supposed to be paid off in Justice League or a later movie, but mm. they never got to it. But, you know, it it's just a conflicting movie for me. But I do think the extended version is much better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. And, I you know, I love, I love Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. And, you know, I just think that if they hadn't forced them to shove an entire universe in this movie, it would have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. Because you could edit a lot of stuff out of Batman v Superman and keep a lot of what it has and have a great movie in there. It's just not fully the one that they came out with. But, But I think that Zack Snyder and his team and the writers, excuse me, were okay with putting all of that stuff in their movies because they had an end to their story and they're like once the story's over we can retroactively look back at this 
as more of a, in a different light because mm-hmm. that can happen with trilogies like I know people with the Star Wars sequel trilogy they liked Force Awakens like Last Jedi but dislike Rise of Skywalker so much that, that they now go back and don't like those other movies as much anymore yeah and so I think that had Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, had he got to do it and it knocked it out of the park, we would have gone back to BVS and been like, oh, I see where this fits in the story and mm-hmm. I enjoy it more. So I think that with all of that's really unfortunate. But your, your general thoughts on uh, Batman versus Superman? Yeah, I mean, I think the movie that they wanted to make was not the movie that we got. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously with the theatrical version. Yeah, uh, Espe- like, especially the theatrical version. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that, you know, he did, like Warner Brothers gave him a lot. And he was just like, uh, I'll try to do my best, but it's not really yeah. what I was hoping to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Wonder Woman, I thought all her scenes were excellent. I loved every time she was on screen in that movie. Um, but I just don't think, like you, that she was meant to be introduced in that movie. And it just kind of felt like... like uh, uh, It was forced. It felt forced. Her presence yeah. felt forced on screen. And... Like you, I, I hated the fact that like Lex Corb's like this is what the Flash's logo is. Yeah, Here you yeah, go. Yeah. This is cyber. like ugh, come on, and even like the introduction of uh, Aquaman and like mm-hmm. how they introduced everyone with like the video clips. It's yeah. like no, yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's not cool. Um, but it, you can obviously tell because that was twenty sixteen. No, yeah. twenty sixteen yeah, came out. Mm-hmm. And what Marvel movie came out? Civil War. Civil War. So, like, obviously with the success of that movie and the success Mm -hmm. of the MCU, like, it feels like an executive movie where it's just, like, Mm -hmm. we gotta catch up, throw everything we have into it, make a good movie. And it's, like, stuff like this takes time. Yeah. Like, if they were to make the Man of Steel movie, make a Batman movie, and then a BVS, and then introduce another character, Mm -hmm. and then Justice League, miles better. Yeah. Miles, miles better. And and even then, the pre-production of this movie started off as, like, a sequel to Man of Steel. Mm Mm-hmm. And it barely feels like it's a, it, Superman's in the movie. Yeah, you know, especially especially the theatrical one. It does feel better in the extended version. Yeah, which is a shame because like the Batman, the Ben Affleck Batman is one of the coolest, yes. if not the coolest Batman we've seen on yes. screen. And it's a shame that we didn't see much of him because in Justice League he really got shafted with the whole. And they, and they just completely changed his character. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, moving on from Batman v Superman, we, yeah. then, we then got Suicide Squad. I was very disappointed when I saw the movie, but the standouts were Will Smith as Deadshot and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. especially Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Well, it had some good action sequences, just I thought that the editing was horrible and the the script was kind of a little bit muddled and all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I love David Ayer as a filmmaker. Like He made Fury, he wrote Training Day and End of Watch. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. what happened here? And then you find out later, like, oh, they meddle with it a lot. Because after Batman v Superman, Warner Brothers at that time was the most reactionary studio of all time. There was actually a joke with one of my old bosses around that time that whenever that they would overreact, I would say, hey, can you stop being a Warner Brothers? I'll tell you which boss it is later because I don't want them to beat my ass. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, um, with this, you know, Batman v Superman came out and it was very, very poorly received. Mm-hmm. And of the laundry list of complaints people had, any decision that wasn't Warner Brothers or any decision that was Warner Brothers is that that was being criticized they ignored mm-hmm. like you know this felt really overstuffed like why did they put all this in one movie they're like yeah that's not the problem that's not the problem then they go to dark tone they're like ah this was the problem and it's like <laughs> no like that no that's, that's like yeah. problem number 15 yeah and then 
they were like, ah, there's a movie. We have a movie about all villains. Yeah, it can't be dark or scary or weird. And the first trailer for Suicide Squad was awesome, and it was dark and creepy. And then you got the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer, and it was like, all right, that looks fun, but like, what? This is a kind of a 180. Yeah. And then there were rumors. I don't know if this was ever 100% confirmed, but apparently Warner Brothers hired the people who cut the trailer to go in and re-edit Suicide Squad. People who make trailers don't necessarily make movies. Exactly. And Oh, you use Premiere Pro? You must be certified <laughs> to fucking edit my movie. God. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine Warner Brothers being like, hmm... This Dalton Burnett guy makes YouTube videos. <laughs> come fucking edit our movie, please. As life-changing as that would be if they called me and they're like, we need you to come edit Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, I'll help no. you, but like, yeah. I'm not. No, and uh, also, <laughs> no, but like, because like everyone, got, they got that got a huge pop on social media, like those trailers. Yeah. And and here's the thing, that movie made 800 million dollars worldwide or 700 like yeah. it, it overperformed so Warner Brothers was like haha win you know and it, <laughs> you have a movie full of some of the worst villains that Batman faces off against you have a movie that has Batman and the Flash but the Suicide Squad are gonna go take out Enchantress <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what oh I mean oh my god yeah and it's just like there was not a whole lot of thought behind that but and then a lot of the Joker scenes were just completely cut out. Yeah, I know and, Jared Leto was pissed and, whenever and, that movie and came like, out. It's hard to get a real feel and take on what his Joker is because he's barely in the movie. He's in it for like 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah, not, maybe not even. And, and it's like, just you know, it was just something that we kind of felt screwed out of. And now with a lot of more information coming out about the air cut of this movie... Mm-hmm. Which, been, like I said earlier, he's been very active yeah. on Twitter being like, yeah, that movie that came out was yeah. nothing like yeah. the movie I I would shot. be very interested in seeing that film... But, um, you know, hopefully one day we can see it. HBO Max. Hopefully one day we can see it. But, you know, that I, I even, like, I was disappointed with the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. but it was kind of redeemed when I saw the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. But Suicide Squad, literally when I saw Suicide Squad in the theaters, my sister, I was seeing it with the girl I was dating at the time and the rest of my family, and my sister started laughing. And my mom was like, what's so funny? And she went, look at Dalton, look how disappointed he is. And apparently that was like a running joke during the movie was mm-hmm. how disappointed my face was. And But like, I loved Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Hell, I even loved Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. And if I love Jai Courtney, there might be an issue with your film. <laughs> but, but no, but honestly, I thought he was really, I thought he was really good as Captain yeah. Boomerang. But uh, yeah, give me some extra thoughts on Suicide Squad and then we'll go on to one that was, you know, better. I mean, the movie we got was fucking trash. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, you know... With seeing the hype around the Snyder Cut, and then when it comes out, and hopefully it has a great positive reaction out of the fan base, out of people who watch it, I'm hoping that sparks like, hey, David Ayer, remember that movie you shot a while ago? How about we revisit that? Like, I'm hoping it's one of those situations. I hope um, so, too. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I like you, I think that Jared Leto didn't get enough screen time to justify whether we hate or love his Joker. Because mm-hmm. um, it was a completely different take. Because the previous Joker we saw was Heath Ledger's. So naturally, whenever this is the next Joker, everyone's like, oh, but he's not like Heath Ledger. It's like, yeah. you don't have to be like Heath Ledger. Yeah. Just take a different take on it. Yeah, and, yeah, and honestly, one of my least favorite moments in Suicide Squad... It was just such an out of character moment, and there were, that movie was also had a lot of reshoots. So I don't know if this was in a reshoot or not. Mm-hmm. But also, I enjoyed Amanda Waller 
in that movie played by Viola Davis. I thought that oh, was, she was terrifying. Yeah. And there's a scene where they you find out that, oh, they're really trying to save her from downtown. And then she just starts executing all the people there. Mm-hmm. And then Rick Flagg, who has been a character that's always been like, I'm a soldier. I follow the rules. This is who I am. We're not going to do anything crazily illegal. It's just like watching her mow people down like, ah! Shit, Shit happens. happens. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was just like, no, Rick Flagg would be so pissed out of his mind right now. Like that, that was so out of character for him. And remember, Tom Hardy was supposed to play Rick Flagg. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Venom. <laughs> oh, God. No, but, uh, but yeah, no. So, you know, just interesting, uh, interesting stuff there. And then finally, after Suicide Squad in 2017, we got Wonder Woman. Finally, a good fucking movie. Great movie. I fucking love Wonder Woman. It's my favorite movie in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. I love Wonder Woman. And Patty Jenkins, phenomenal filmmaker, you know, used Gal Gadot to her strength. Chris Pine was excellent in that film. That was, and the thing is, Wonder Brothers didn't believe in the film. They had the review embargo lifted, to, to set to lift a day before the movie release. Which is typically a Not bad a good sign. sign. And then all the critics who saw it was like, what do you mean I can't? What do you mean I can't talk about this movie? Are you guys, are you guys insane? Like, what the hell? Get out of here. The curse. It's, it's real. real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So then they lifted it, and yeah. it was hugely positive, which was just... Like, how do you not think that movie is good when you want... God, Kevin Sujahara. But, like, just, you know... Yeah. Especially, like, the No Man's Land scene. Oh, like, my God. It made me that, fucking cry. Yeah. Wasn't that, like, a reshoot or... Like, because I know the the executives who watched it, they were like... They didn't want mm, it in. I yeah. don't like that. That is a character-defining moment. Yes. Are you kidding me? And, like, they brought back Hans Zimmer's score, and they got uh, just the action scenes were awesome. Like, everything was great. The mascara looked beautiful. Come on. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it tied into the universe pretty well. You know, you had him writing letters from to and from Bruce Wayne and shit. Yeah, which but was cool. But there wasn't like a major crossover. Like Batman didn't just show up out of nowhere. Like Wonder Woman <laughs> did in BVS, which is yeah out of place. But yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, I love Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So they, they finally knocked her out of the park with Wonder Woman. That everyone universally was like, ah, great. And then Justice League came out. Mm-hmm. We already talked adhesively about how we kind of feel about that movie. What I will give it, I hate what it did to Batman. I hate that it's conflicting tones and that it's just kind of a jumbled, garbled mess. Mm-hmm. The scene when they're all fighting Superman and the Flash goes to take him out and Superman just... Oh my god. What a fucking awesome moment. I'm I genuinely don't know if that was Zach or Joss. I'm I'm hoping it was Zach just cuz that'd be cool. Yeah. But it was it was cool regardless and I thought Ezra Miller was good as the Flash even though he likes to choke slam women and I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not cool, man. Oof, yeah. No. I I hope he apologizes about that sooner. We all find out that was fake or something. Yeah. I hope so. But I thought, you know, Jason Momoa as Aquaman was awesome. Absolutely. And I even liked Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Like I thought the cast was fine. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you could just tell that this was not how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it was just so off-putting. And then next after that, or, I mean, did you have anything to add on Justice League? No. I mean, I've pretty much yeah. said my piece about it. And then next after that came Aquaman. And halfway through production on Aquaman is when Kevin Sujihara was out. And the Warner Brothers got a new CEO. And that CEO then hired Walter Hamada to run the DC movies. Walter Hamada had previously run the Conjuring films. Mm-hmm. They brought him over. And so that movie, Aquaman, is clearly a James Wan movie, and I love James Wan. It's goofy, it's fun, it's scary. And, you know, so it's hard to tell who had the most influence on that, Sujihara or Hamada. Mm-hmm. But 
it was a fun movie and it made over a billion dollars. The first DCEU movie to make a billion dollars, which is awesome mm-hmm. and good for Aquaman. And I love Patrick Wilson and anything he does. So, what you know, thoughts on Aquaman? The movie's fun as hell. <laughs> I don't care what anyone Dude, says. The, the, it may it, not be a perfect yeah, movie it's, 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 a great it's, not, movie. it's not like a good or a great movie but jesus christ like dude the scene in italy with black manta and his fucking outfit oh, like that's oh so my awesome, god dude. it was great it was the great. rooftop running too yeah god, and amber so heard needs to stop beating johnny depp <laughs> yeah we're gonna call out everybody today it's not cool, cool man yeah not cool amber heard is totally not chill bro <laughs> that's uh, one all, way to put it all jokes aside though uh mm-hmm. the movie's fun as hell jason momoa perfect perfect casting for aquaman especially when you think about like aquaman i know everyone including myself was kind of like ragging on it like oh how are they gonna mm-hmm. make a fucking movie about a guy who talks to fish yeah james wan will show you yeah and it'll be fun as hell yeah oh yeah um but i no fun movie mm-hmm. really fun movie then with hamada fully in charge of what's going on over at dc his first full movie was shazam mm-hmm. love shazam might be my second favorite. That and Man of Steel kind of yeah. go back and forth. But I... What a fun, delightful little movie. And, yeah. they, and they kept it within universe. They referenced things. They went to locations. It was really, really nice. Newspaper articles. Yep. He had a battering. Yeah. And they went to Ace Chemicals at one point. Like, mm-hmm. like it was a really, really fun, really solid movie. Yeah. And I, I think that it was just... It was telling how well done it really was. And, and it had a lot of heart in it, too. Yeah. And, you know, another thing about that film... Was just like Zachary Levi's performance was mm-hmm. so good, and and it let and what I like what Walter Hamada started doing was he started letting filmmakers make whatever movie that they kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. If it if they wanted it to be in universe, then it can be in universe. And something that I admire Walter Hamada for doing was he greenlit Joker. And, oh, did he? Yeah, and Joker was not part of the DC you know extended universe because Todd Phillips didn't want it to be, and he was like, "All right, make your movie. Just is it universe or no? No. All right." Go ahead. Hmm. And they made that movie. And then during all this time, Ben Affleck was supposed to direct a Batman movie. Unfortunately, didn't get to. He dropped out. Mm. Yeah, and, that's a shame. But then he also greenlit a Matt Reeves new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson that's not part of the universe. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, all right, make your movie. And he's just going to – he sees his goal as like, let's make a great movie. If it's in-universe or not in-universe, we'll just tell me ahead of time and we'll figure it out. As long as it's a great movie first – Everything else yes. comes second. And I love that approach. I love that approach that he's taking. And it showed with Shazam. Your thoughts on Shazam? It's... I, I can watch that, and I can't... I can't point out a single negative thing about it. I think... You know, with David F. Sandberg directing it, he comes from a horror background. It has a lot of horror elements in it, especially with the demons uh, in that executive office. I thought that was, you know, pretty fucking scary for what it was. Mm-hmm. And Zachary Levi was perfect casting, you know, if you've seen, like, I I know him from Chuck, which is a funny show. And once I heard that he was going to be Shazam, I was like, that's perfect because Shazam is an adult, Mm -hmm. but he's a child. Like, he looks like an adult, but he's a child. And I was like, Zachary Levi would be able to portray that in his performance so well. And he did. It was spot on. Like, Mm -hmm. he acted like a child would act you know and it's just like if we were 14 15 and we were superhero that's how we would act and i thought that was absolutely perfect from directing standpoint of getting Mm -hmm. that performance out and zachary levi performing it yeah and that movie just had tons of heart 
Oh yeah, and they just had so much fun with it too. Like you can tell mm-hmm. Zachary Levi enjoyed every moment that he was on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, even from the montage of them like learning his superpowers to mm-hmm. having the final showdown when the Shazam family showed up. Like yeah. I got goosebumps when that happened. That was awesome. and I was like, DC, here we go, baby. Yeah, yeah. But I I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe next was Birds of Prey. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I which just so. came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought Birds of Prey was fun as hell. Uh, some people think it's like great. I don't think it's great, great, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. I thought it did a good job with Harley Quinn. Margot mm-hmm. Robbie killed it again. I thought that it did a good job balancing its style, like mm-hmm. that kind of style. And I loved the other cast members, especially Huntress. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Mm-hmm. And I, the action choreography was stupid. I loved how, like, by stupid good, I mean, like, I loved, yeah. I loved the action choreography. I thought it was excellent. And uh, the, I do have some issues with the movie, but overall, I thought it was good. Had a great time. Hugh McGregor's Black Mask. Give me that 24-7. Please. But, uh, but yeah. And I love that there's a Gotham that exists where Zaz and Black Mask were fucking. That it just makes my whole life happy. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So, your quick thoughts on uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, I, like you, I think it's fun as hell. I don't think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think every time I watch it, I could always enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what mood I'm in. I, I, I would always end it on like a good note um like you the action choreography i thought was really good i don't think that they i think it cuts too quick during the action which takes me out of it but okay i think the choreography of it was good um black mask was probably one of the best <laughs> things out of it obviously yeah. margot robbie as harley quinn is yeah. the single greatest thing to come out of that movie uh but black mask like you i I enjoyed the hell out of it every time he was on screen, especially whenever he's like giving a tour of his apartment and he's like, Oh, these little tiny little heads are now decorations in my apartment. And he's just like, Those are my things. Like, he's just, he's a child. Yeah. And it's so funny. And, you know, it seemed like he had a lot of fun playing Black Mask, which I'm hoping, no, because he died at the end of that, right? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Shame. (laughs) Big shame. But But like we said earlier, that was definitely the film that that director and the, that team wanted to make. Like yeah. they, they went to Walter Mata. They were like, hey, we want to make an in-universe movie, but we want it to be R-rated. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, go for it. You know, unfortunately, it didn't make all that much money, mm-hmm. but it was definitely the movie that they wanted to make. And it got really great reviews. And Walter Hamada's philosophy, make a good movie first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that its title... And, you know, some of its marketing is kind of why it didn't suffer, as why it suffered a little bit at the box office. The emancipation of Harley Quinn and yeah. or the Birds of Prey. And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Fucking what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, uh, but then no, down the line, we coming, we ha- it's, this isn't the right order. But, like, next we got Wonder Woman 84, which is supposed to come mm-hmm. out in August now since the coronavirus push, which I'm really excited about. Patty Jenkins, fuck yeah. And she was like, I want to make an end universe movie, but in 1984. And he was like, okay. You know, like, like he's just <laughs> Makes like, no sense in the timeline, yeah. but hey, because if you look at, if you look strictly at the timeline, these mm. movies don't make any sense. Nope. Especially with Wonder Woman, because uh, Batman and BVS was talking about how after World War One, she went into hiding, never came out. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Wonder Woman came out. It was in World well, War One. Well, we haven't seen 1984 yet, so maybe the, everyone's mind gets wiped. And maybe they hypnotize everyone and forget that Wonder Woman is ever a thing. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who we, knows? I mean, we'll see. She's strolling around a mall, has a fight with Cheetah. Continuity, so. schmontinuity. You know, take, as long take, as it's a good movie. take the Fox X-Men approach. 
was just like, what happened to the previous movie? Who gives a shit? Just fucking make another one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Loved it. No, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think... And then coming down the line, we have Wonder Woman 84. We have... Uh, I think Shazam 2. Shazam 2, Black Adam with The Rock, mm-hmm. which eventually they'll get into a crossover where they fight... Man of Steel 2. It's not confirmed. Hopefully, I hope we get it. And we got um, Aquaman 2. Suicide Squad. Su- James Gunn Suicide Squad before all of those. Yeah. Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a ton of DC, fun DC movies coming out. But in 2021, we are getting Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I just wanted to, because of that great news, I just want to take the time to reflect on Yeah, absolutely. And one thing movies. that I love about this approach is that they're not rushing to make a crossover movie no 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 they're being very standalone with their films because it's 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 working for them yeah they're like let's take our time with this if it ain't broke don't fix it exactly so i'm I'm very happy that uh walter amata is in charge that he's making the right decisions that he's like make your movie if it if it Mm -hmm. sounds good to me i'll by all means make it you know so i'm glad that he has that approach with that philosophy and not only that that these filmmakers are able to turn around on their promise and be like i promised you i'd make a good movie here it is critics mm-hmm. love it fans love it it makes money everyone's happy next project comes up walter mata go for it yeah so i'm just i'm happy that that is working the um it's just kicking the cogs into gear and i agree you know they're able to get some good dc movies out because you know it's fun a little bit of competition between marvel and dc yeah uh was there anything else you wanted to add to today's episode mr warner uh no i mean i feel like there's a lot that's happened but at the same time it's just big news like it's not a lot of news but it's big news that's been happening Mm -hmm. uh so i'm very excited to see the future of star wars with taika i'm cautiously excited for labyrinth and with the dceu moving forward i am extremely excited because uh what we have three hits in a row we have aquaman shazam and then birds of prey was more positively loved than hated yeah so i'd consider that a hit so three hits in a row so i'm I'm excited to see the future of that awesome um what about you any final thoughts no i just echo all your sentiments my good man so yeah absolutely so that's gonna be uh it for us today Mm -hmm. uh where can they find us sir yeah absolutely so you can find us on facebook uh movie nights with a k movie knights and then instagram and twitter knights underscore movie uh, so go ahead and follow us there. I will say we are more, uh, the most active on Facebook, but we appreciate all social media. Yes, yes. So thank you guys very so bit, bit, very bit, so bit, much for watching. <laughs> James Bond having a strong hoa. Sorry. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.